Hey, this is Andre Butler, pastor of Faith Experience Church. You're listening to the Faith Experience Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message helps you engage your faith and experience the future God has for you. We actually began in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 1 and and began to look at the story of the people of God then. So I want to read that to you again. It says, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive to the priest. Notice God's people had been in a war and they lost. And now they were being taken away. They were basically prisoners of war. Their future looked bleak. Yet we read verse 11, which says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. So God's saying to these very people who have just been taken away captive, these very people who are prisoners of war, these very people that felt like they had no future, that he still had a future for them. And it was a future that was so great. It was the future they longed for. And we read a couple of weeks ago that God actually gave them that future. They got to the place as a people where they were singing and they were laughing because God had done the miraculous in their lives. They were actually experiencing the thing they longed for. And some of us today, we we may find ourselves in a similar situation. We may not be prisoners of war in the literal sense, but we kind of feel like prisoners of war in every other sense. You know, we're struggling, we're hurting. We look at our lives and we say, you know what? This was not the future I had dreamed of when I was younger. This is not what I expected my life to be. And that could be for many, many different reasons. But I want you to know today that whatever your situation is, the same God that still had a future for them still has a future for you. The same God that gave them the future they longed for is the God that's going to give you the future you long for. And so last week we learned the first step to really experiencing God's future for you fully loaded, the one that you always really wanted, is to know God to know him personally. And we learned that God wants you to come closer to him. Then a couple of weeks ago, we really got into what step two is. I kind of did this out of sequence. And step two is to find freedom. It's to find freedom. And it's actually through relationship with other people, other people who are walking with God. And so a few weeks ago, we did a message called, uh, We is Greater Than Me. Anybody remember that message? Right? We went through that, the whole what the Word of God had to say about how we need one another to help us to walk closer to God, to help us to fully enjoy life and be everything God wants us to be and make the mark that God wants all of us to make in this world. Today, I want to give you the third step to living God's future for you fully loaded. And so we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 1. This step is to discover purpose. Somebody say discover purpose. You might want to put that in the comments online. Discover purpose. Purpose is extremely important. We're going to see that. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, God is speaking, or Jeremiah is actually speaking about what God said to him. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. 
So God's saying, I knew you before I formed you. Before you had a body, I knew you, which means you are more than a body. We know that the Bible teaches us man is a three-part being. You live in a body, you have a soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions, but you are a spirit. And so God was saying, I knew you before, and notice this, before I formed you. In other words, God created you. That's important to remember, because who would know what your purpose is better than the one that created you to fulfill that purpose? Notice that you existed before you were in your mother's belly. That's kind of deep. But think about it, that's what he's saying. I knew you before I even formed you. At the very least, you existed in the mind of God. Before you were even in her belly, God knew your name then. He knew what you would be, your, your attributes, what they would be then. He obviously knew what he would call you to do then. And I, I want you to, to get this then. If God knew you before you were even in your mother's belly, clearly God knew you, right? I mean, he knows you. Somebody say, God knows me. Say, God knows me. It's a song I love to listen to from Bethel, and, and uh, I think it's Stephanie Gressinger sings it, and it's just, you know me. And it just talks about how God knows every aspect of our being. Man, he knows you better than anybody else. And if that scares you, it scares me too. <laughs> I'm like, God, you know everything about me, and yet he still loves you more than you can even understand, more than you can even wrap your brain around. That is something you can just rest in, that God knows you, and yet he still loves you. He loves you with a crazy love, right? Well, once again, we're just going to walk through this moment by moment. Can I do that? Is that okay? We'll just go step by step, I should say, as we get into this. So God is saying here, man, I, I, form, I, I, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Uh, I'll add one other thing here. With God, life doesn't even begin at conception. Life begins before conception. And so you can see that here because then he says, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So I gave you a job before you were born. That's what God's saying. In fact, let's take a step back and recognize that God saw that the nations needed a prophet and decided to create Jeremiah to meet that need. And the same thing is true about you. God looked at the earth. He looked at this time frame and he said, this is what Detroit's going to need. This is what the country's going to need. This is what the world's going to need. So I'm going to create somebody. Somebody say your name out loud. Right? I'm going to create Andre to meet that need. Which means that, that Andre or, or whatever your name is had a job before their, their parents gave them a name. Come on, it's like when you were born, you, you know, you come out the womb and they, they give you a briefcase. Here, you're here for a reason. You got a job to do, baby. You, you, you still trying to have your first breath. And God's saying, you got a job to do. 
I've sent you here for the purpose to fulfill. I've given you as a gift to the world to meet the need that the world has. You are here for a reason. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Even if it's from a distance, tell them you're here for a reason. Put that online. Type that in the comments. You're here for a reason. Come on. You have been given an assignment. You got a briefcase, baby. God's giving you a briefcase the minute you were born saying, hey, this is something for you to do. I got something for you to do. See, God knows you. And so God sent you, prepackaged you to carry out a mission. And I want to I want to go a step farther here and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, there's so many scriptures that that continue to illustrate what I just finished talking about. I won't take it to all of them for time's sake, but you know, with Samson, God Israel was in a place where, you know what, I might as well just back up and read it. Let me slow down. I'm all excited. It's okay to be excited, though, right? Look, Judges 13, verse 1, I'll read it to you. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years. So in this case, the people of God, because of their sin, were being dominated by an enemy for 40 years. God saw a need for a deliverer. So what did he do? In verse 5, he speaks to Samson's mother. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. Get this. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. So there is his life mission in one statement. And although Samson had quite a story, he had quite a journey. When it was all said and done, he fulfilled that mission. John the Baptist is another one. I won't take you there. But you see the same thing where... The Bible teaches that there was going to be one who would be the forerunner to Jesus. He would prepare the way for Jesus. And so John the Baptist was born to older parents who were unable to have children. And God announced his, his upcoming birth to his father and once again declared in basically a sentence, he will prepare the way of the Lord. This is his life's mission. And he fulfilled it. So here's a question. When God decided you were, were going to be born and your parents, you know, told whoever they told, what sentence was God speaking about your life? For they will do this. What purpose did he have in mind for you? Now, I want to help you with with. Something that with something that'll help you to really get a hold of, of that. I love something Mark Twain said. He said the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you figure out why. Man, that's good. And I will say this: if you are living life frustrated right now, if you hate going to work, it's hard to get up, it's hard to, you know, function. It might just be because you aren't living that sentence. You're not in your why. You're not in your purpose. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I keep trying to get there. So my message is all blown up, but oh well. Verse 10, as long as y'all getting something. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me 
as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation. What he's trying, what's he trying to say here? Well, one, one translation says it this way. I think it may be a little bit better. It says, by the grace God has given me. By the grace God has given me. In other words, God has given, had given to him, and honestly, God has given to every person, that, really every person, not to mention those that follow him, a grace. A, and the one up on the Bible talks about grace primarily as referring to one of two things. Unearned favor or unearned power. In this case, he's talking about power. Power that comes from heaven that rests on you. And he's saying that there is a grace that God gave him to be a master builder. And if you were to back up one scripture, you find out he says that God's people are God's building. So he's saying God gave me a grace to build God's building. In fact, if you look at the word master builder, it means it really is a combination of an architect and a general contractor. So he's saying God gave me the ability to kind of build up God's building or let's just make it really plain to start churches. He's saying God gave me this, this grace, this supernatural ability to start churches. And that's what he did. He would go into new cities and he'd build a church and he'd put a pastor in place. Then he'd go into other cities and he'd start a church and he'd put a pastor in place. And he, that's what he did. And then other people would come, on, come in and build on what he started. I've watched this personally with my father. He's, he has the same grace on him. And so I've watched him start church after church after church after church after church for now 20 plus years. And now those churches are all across the country and some of them are across the world. And, you know, they have pastors in place who have been building on what God had him do. But he had the grace to start them. And this isn't just true of Paul. This, the, the fact that you have a grace and therefore are able to do something maybe other people couldn't do as well. That's true of every one of us. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 then says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So you have a supernatural grace on your life to do something well. You have, an, in fact, the New Living Translation says it this way, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So you've got this grace on you, and this grace, because a grace is on you, you've got gifts. For me, I can speak and I can write, and I can lead. But I can, you know, I, there are things I learned early on that the ability to stand up and talk to people like this was not something everybody had. Now, for me, it was natural. I was kind of like, everybody can't do that? What do you mean people are scared to get up and talk in front of people? I never really could fully relate to that because it came natural to me. Same thing with writing. I can write in a heartbeat. I can write anything. Write a book. Write an article. Write a screenplay. It's easy. But ask me to do some other stuff. It ain't pretty. 
A couple of weeks ago, I took my daughter to a, I don't know what you would call it, an arts and craft type place. Uh, I think it was called Bee's Knees. And what you do is you, you get a hold of, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I'm so bad at this. But, you know, we kind of got, you know, we, we got something that we could take and we could paint it and, and try to make it look nice. So she got what was basically a hippo and I got a lion. Don't ask me why. Uh, go lions. Maybe that's why. So we sit here with paint and, and we're painting this. And we're trying to make it look good. And I was a complete and total disaster. I mean, it was bad. I actually posted a couple pictures of it when it was half bad. But it was worse. It was bad. And when it was all said and done, uh, she helped me salvage it a little. Some of y'all going to be running an Instagram like, let me see what he's talking about. But then hers was brilliant because the kid has talent. You should see her draw. You should see her, you know, she's just creative. She's just creative. So she just throws something together, and I'm looking at that like I could never do that. Didn't you come from me? You know, and so you, and then we put them side by side, and you could see how, man, what she did was just woof, and what I did was woof. <laughs> and I think that's a great example. There are some things you do really well. Because you got a grace for it, you got the gifts or the talents that go along with it, and there are some things that maybe you just don't need to touch. Because you don't have the grace for that. You don't have the gifts for that, and that's okay. God didn't send you for that reason. He sent you for this reason. The world didn't need that from you. They needed this from you. So you came prepackaged with the gifts you needed to do the purpose God had for you. You realize that? You came prepackaged. God already put everything in you that you need to do what he sent you to do. Yesterday I was grocery shopping and I'm still, you know, I, I've, I've never been much of a cook and, and I'm having to dive into some things I haven't done before. And so I love when I find something that is already cooked for you. So there was some white rice that I got yesterday, and I'm looking at the box, and the box is saying, this is pre-cooked. All you got to do is drop it in some boiling water. I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. Well, you know, you're pre-cooked. All you got to do is kind of get dropped into God. Start getting close to him, and, and what's in you would come out of you so you could do what God sent you to do. You're here for a reason. Somebody said, I'm here for a reason. Type that in your comments. You're here. I'm here for a reason. God intentionally design, designs you to be able to carry out your purpose. Intentionally designed you in that way. There's really something in this earth that you are made for. I love the shirts that, that we received, our team received. We went to uh, the art conference a couple of years ago. They've done it for a couple of years. And I just simply say, I'm made for this. I wear it from time to time. It just reminds me, I'm made to do Even when I preach, I'm made to do this. There's a confidence that comes from that. You know what I mean? God made me to do this. I may not do anything else well, but I can do this. And that's true for you as well. Well, all right. Well, then the question is, well, if that's true, then how do I figure out what my reason is? 
what my why is, what my purpose is. I hear you, Pastor. I believe that, but I just don't know what it is. Well, the good news is it's actually very easy to do. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. The New Living Translation, excuse me, New King James Translation says, ask in faith with no doubting. So God is basically saying, if you want to discover anything, and this is the context here is when you're going through tough times and things are, are falling apart and you're not sure what to do, what do you do? You ask God. And that also applies, there are other scriptures that clearly reveal that this applies to really any area of your life, including what we're talking about today. If you need wisdom from God, you need direction, you need to ask God, what did you make me to do? Why did you send me to planet Earth? You need to know that. Who do you ask? The one that sent you. You simply ask God. And the Bible is revealing here that God is generous. The King James Version says he's a liberal giver. In other words, he's not somebody that's holding it back. He's not in the corner laughing at you saying, ah, ha, ha, they'll never figure it out. That wouldn't make any sense. He sent you for a reason. He wants you to know that reason. So if you would just be willing, if you just ask in faith, not afraid, not frustrated, not angry, but confident that when I come to God, he will give me what I ask for. You're honoring him by believing him, by taking him at his word. He'll give it to you. It is a guarantee. Just like I know my purpose and so many others in this room and online know their purpose. If you don't know it, you can know it. Just like God gave it to us, God will give it to you. Period. So what the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Seek and you will find. And that may be the key for some people. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, they were in trouble. They were about to be attacked by three armies. They knew they couldn't defeat them. The king did the right thing. Called a national day of prayer. And in verse 3, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat, who was the king, feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed to fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now the word seek, the implied meaning here is to, you know, endeavor to find, right? Is to, to, to chase after. I think maybe the best example of this may be you know, how we react when we lose our wallet or we lose our cell phone. I remember hearing a story from uh, Pastor David John, and, and, and we, we used to work together at Word of Faith, and he talked about how he used to be the youth pastor for a number of years and how they went to Cedar Point one year, and he's with the students, and he lost his phone. And, of course, he made sure the students were taken care of, but everything stopped for him. He's doing everything he can to find that phone. And if you lose your phone, for most of us, you do the same thing, right? The whole world stops. And if you're saying, I don't care about my phone, okay, if you had $10,000 in your pocket when you walked out the door and then you left the music hall and realized that $10,000 was gone, you'd probably break the door down to get back in the music hall, right? I'm stopping everything. I had plans for the day. People were waiting to eat with me. I got, no, 
This is more important. Well, is there anything more important for you than to figure out why God made you, why God sent you? What your reason is? What your why is? And this is why so many people are hurting and suffering in this world. Because we've had our priorities out of place. We've chased a dollar instead of the purpose. Come on, we can talk about other areas as well. We, we've chased the skirt rather than the creator. We chased the high rather than the presence of God. Oh, y'all gonna make me preach. Y'all just looking at me like you don't know what, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's what really what we're talking about here is that somehow or another, even when it came to our education, we just kind of, you know, just kind of went through things. You know, I just kind of took these classes and I just graduated. And I went to college and I just kind of picked what I think I want to do. And I, I spent $50,000 to get a degree in an area that has nothing to do with my purpose. And then I went and just got a job because I need a job and I need, I need money. And, but I hate my job, but I, I got to have a job. So I, I, and you look up and 20 years have passed, 30 years have passed. And. You're unhappy and you're, you don't have the kind of money you should have. And, and your family is unhappy because you're unhappy. So you're a jerk. And, and one of the things I think we should do, particularly I've talked to our, our student minister about this. One of my goals is to make sure our students don't get out of our ministry without having figured out their purpose. Because that should be figured out before you even talk about going to college. That should be figured out before you take a job. That's why you were sent to fulfill that purpose. You need to know what that is, which means that you ought to prioritize setting yourself to seek the Lord. Making this your highest priority. Meaning that I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to pray and seek God. And I'm going to do this for weeks or months or even years if I have to, although it won't take that long, until I know what God has called me to do. I'm doing that, and I'm, pick, I'm prioritizing that over extra sleep. I'm prioritizing that over late night TV, over scrolling through TikTok, over, in, I'm prioritizing that over everything else. Everybody's got to be put on hold till I know my purpose. Once I know my purpose, I can go back to enjoying some things. But right now, I got to know my purpose. This is the benefit of fasting. I don't talk about fasting a lot. I think that uh, it's really more important to live a fasted life than to be fasting all the time. You know what I mean by that? I, that's something we learned, I've learned from Dad Hagen is that he used to spend all this time fasting, fasting, fasting. And, you know, he'd spend three-day fast and ten-day fast. And, and finally, the Lord said to him, I would prefer you live a fasted life rather than, you know, take all these long fasts. So he, from then on, never fasted more than three days. If you look in the Bible, the majority of fasts were three days. Um, but, but the key, the goal of fasting, the way you do it the right way is to take whatever time you would have spent eating or doing whatever else you would be doing and give that time and that attention to God. So instead of eating breakfast, I pray during that time. Usually for me, I'm fasting breakfast if I'm going to be fasting. Right? Uh, uh, and so 
this is where and that the idea is similar to this where I'm going to push some other stuff aside and give that extra time to 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 God give that time to or, or choose to use that time to hear from God about what he's called me to do and what I help you with this of course is asking in faith, believing that God's going to give me the wisdom of God. So I'm literally saying, Father, I ask you to reveal to me your purpose for my life. And I believe you hear me. I believe I have it now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. From here on, I'm not begging for it. I'm thanking you for it. I'm just setting myself in a place where I am sensitive enough to hear from you. This is another reason why praying in the Spirit is helpful. Because when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're making your spirit man more sensitive. This is one reason why praying, you know, more than maybe five minutes is really beneficial because let's be honest, you sometimes can pray 30 minutes and your brain's still going. And you need to get to a place where your mind is quieted down and you can really recognize what's going on in your heart. And that might take you some days, some weeks. It might be some months in some cases before you really kind of get everything out of the way. And sometimes God uses that time when you're praying in the spirit to actually kind of give birth to what he's going to do. Almost like, you know, smooth the way so that one, he, he smooths the way and then he tells you. And then you, you step out and it's, it's already worked out, you know. But the point is that you need to take the time to hear from God about your purpose. Let me give you a couple of things here. Uh, I like to call this the why test. We've talked about this before at FX Church. It's in my book, Why Exist. A couple questions that'll help you to kind of really get clued in to what your purpose is. Number one, what's your giftings? What's your giftings? What is it that you do well? Number two, what's your passion? What do you really care about? What makes you upset? What, what is it that you feel like needs to be fixed in the world? Number three, what's your dream? What do you dream about? And what would you love to have accomplished by the end of your life? And number four, what has God told you? And that's really what we're trying to get at today is, you know, getting before God to find out what he's told you. But for many of us, we actually have already heard from God. And the issue is, or the question we need to ask ourselves is have you obeyed or have you delayed? Because sometimes God tells you what you're asking for and you just dismiss it and you don't even realize you're dismissing it. Like you're almost talking to yourself. Yeah, well, that doesn't work. What is it you want me to say, God? He says it again. Oh, that wouldn't work. What is it, you, what is it you're saying, God? Well, that wouldn't work. What is it you're saying? <laughs> Come on, anybody else ever did that? I've done that so many times. I'm like, God, I've been praying about this forever. Why won't you talk to me? And it's like I go through my prayer notes, and there it is again, 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 and again, and again, and again, and again. Oh, that wasn't just me. That was you. And here's the thing. I want to go to Genesis chapter 12 for a moment. It says that the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So God had a land he wanted him to go to, a country in mind for Abram, a future in mind for Abram. God had plans for him. Same thing is true for you. He's got a land for you, plans for you. So God told him, this is where I want you to go. This is where, this, this right here is the future that's best 
for you, Abram. And he told him, when you get there, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make, you know, I'll make your blessing. I'm going to make your fame. You know, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 cause those who bless you to be blessed and those that curse you to be cursed. And you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. I'm going to save the world through you. But that's when you step into my future for you. And that's one of the things we got to get a hold of is that God's future for you is better than your future for you. You can choose your own way. You can. You have free will. God will let you do that. But you're going to live a mediocre life. If that. If it's even mediocre. But God didn't send you here for mediocre. He sent you here for fireworks. Well, he sent you here to do something supernatural, something spectacular. He sent you here to live the future you long for. And you will not live God's future for you, God's best for you, going back to the country that God brought you out of. I'm talking to somebody. Because for some of us, it's just that we need to go ahead and take that step of faith and do what God said to do. But others of us, we took that step of faith, found out it was hard, and decided to go back. It's like Lot's wife, where God brought them out of Sodom and Gomorrah right before fire was supposed to fall. But the angel said, don't look back. And she looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. The Bible says about the Old Testament saints, how what made them so great was that they could have looked back and went back to where they came from. But they chose not to do it. They chose instead to look forward. And so God has prepared for them a city. See, my point ultimately here is that your why has a couple of attributes. It's external, which means it originates outside of you. It comes from God. It's personal. It comes specifically to you. It's appealing. It's something that resonates in you. But most importantly, it's optional. It's optional. You have the choice whether to respond to God's direction or not. You have the choice. Somebody was talking to me online yesterday. You know, one of the things I find myself doing is I'm talking to people that don't know God online. You know, they don't know God. They're not sure about God. And I'm having conversations trying to help them to come to God. I mean, no, you should be doing that. You may not be able to walk up to somebody on the street right now and talk to them, but you can still talk to people and help people find Jesus. So, you know, one, one guy's been talking to me about that, and he's, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to understand why God would let this happen, let that happen. We were having a conversation about free will. God will respect your right to bust hell wide open. And he was saying, well, you know, if God were so great, then God would, would, would make it so that nobody would choose hell. And I said, that's not how this works. God didn't want to create robots. He wanted to create free moral agents, people that would choose him of their own accord. So the same thing is true about your purpose. You've been sent here for a reason. I'm going to talk about that journey in a minute because it's not necessarily an easy journey. But you can always say no. You can always walk away. You can always do what you want to do, but just recognize you're going to pay a price. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. I know for my own life, you know, my journey has been crazy. I don't know anybody that has the journey that I have. Not to say that everybody, everybody's is unique. But, I mean, I grew up as a pastor's son, many of you know. I grew up as a pastor's son in a large church. My father was well-known nationally, even internationally, in a number of places.
and here I am coming in this ministry. And typically when that happens, you know, you're the second, you're the, the next one. You just kind of take what your parents did and take it to the next level. So I started off pastoring in Phoenix at a church my dad started. Church started off pretty good. I was 21 years old. When I left, I was 24. We had like 500 people a week. Went to Atlanta. Walked in that church. Church was running, I don't know, maybe a thousand, maybe a little less than that. A week, something like that. And, and was there for almost 10 years. Left that church. It was a 4,000 member church. Came over to Word of Faith. Began to pastor my dad's church. It was now, I was now the pastor of the church. And when I, when I, when I first stepped in there, it was like five, 6,000 people a week. So who knows how many members you have. And then God says, I want you to leave all of that and start this church in downtown Detroit. We might have 100 people in the room. Probably got about 1,000 watching us online. The smallest I've ever been in ministry. I literally pastored more people than this when I was 22, 23 years old. So my head at times is like, what in the world? But you know, this was the only path for me. This is God's best future for me. And he has just had me sow seeds. I had a, a pastor friend say to me, a minister friend say to me, when I first uh, handed back Word of Faith, because that's what God was saying to me and my father about it, was that, man, if Word of Faith is the seed, what is the harvest? I was like, wow. But I realized if I stopped at any point, I would have gotten off of God's plan for me, and I would have been now following my plan, and the end of that isn't good. But God's plan is the best plan. So there is, I can still live the future I long for, which then leads to my last point. Y'all get anything? Because I am all over the place. I don't, I had a really blowing up my message. I, I'm not even speaking English anymore. I'm speaking Detroit. I'm speaking slang, but whatever. <laughs> Romans 1.13. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often plan to come to you, but get this, was hindered until now that I might have some food among you also just as among the other Gentiles. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18, he says the same things to them. He says, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. This is Paul. One of the greatest people to ever walk the planet, the most anointed, the most effective, miracle-working men of God ever. He was called to go start churches. He was called also to strengthen churches that had already been started. And he said, particularly about the church in Rome, that I've often come, planned to come to you. I bought the plane ticket. Come on. I had the rental car ready. I had the hotel set up. I had the meeting ready to go. And I was hindered by Satan. Often I planned and often I was hindered. So in other words, Satan just didn't get one shot in. He got multiple shots in. And I don't care who you are. When you're trying to follow God, you will miss it sometimes. Sometimes you'll leave an open door, don't know it. And Satan will get a shot in from time to time. But a just man falls seven times, but he rises again. I'm down seven, but I get up eight, baby. Right? He's telling you here, man, I'm trying to do what God called me to do, and I'm hindered. Told the people of Thessalonians, same thing. But I've been hindered. Satan stood in the way. But guess what? That's not the end of the story. Did he finally make it to Rome? Yes, he did. Some of us, we've had that issue where God is saying, you know, hey, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. 
this, uh, this is my plan for you. And you're trying to get there and you're being hindered, man. You're being hindered. You're being hindered. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Because of all the things God was doing in his life, the revelation God was giving him, Satan assigned a demon spirit to him. Called a thorn. He called it a thorn in the flesh. People have taken that and destroyed that teaching and turned it into sickness and God did it. And, but if you read it, you can see that what's happened here is that Satan was sent, has sent a demon spirit to attack Paul, and it, the Bible says he was buffeting him. So he kept hitting him. So this is why Paul found himself shipwrecked. This is why Paul found himself fighting lions in the Colosseum. This is why Paul found himself being stoned. This is why all these things happened to Paul because he was trying to do his purpose, and Satan didn't want that to happen, so he kept attacking him to keep him from his purpose. And that's where some of us are right now. God, you told me to do this. God, you told me to do that. And I, I, all this stuff is happening. All this stuff is going on. What is, what, is, what is this? And I felt that way. I knew even when I, the Lord had me hand over word of faith, I knew I was supposed to start this church. I knew I was supposed to start it five years ago. Five years, before, you know, five years before the church started, the Lord told me in 2013, we started in 2018. Well, man, what took so long? What we're talking about. You'll know what your purpose is. You try to take some steps of faith and you get under attack. He'll attack you and attack you and attack you. And that's why some people just look back and turn to a pillar of salt. Say, forget that. I'll go back to what I was doing. But you're made, you're, you're, you're made of tougher stuff than that. And you're not alone. What does the 23rd Psalm say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod, what does the rod used to do? Slap the enemy, right? Knock that wolf upside his head. And your staff, what does that do? That guides me. God can guide me through all of this. It's like I'm going through, you know, uh, uh, and some type of minefield and God can let me know up oh, that don't don't touch don't step there and up oh, don't step there and don't step here you guide me through this so I, I I know if I just stick with you and I just follow your direction I will get through this valley God has told you to walk on the water and the wind and the waves are going crazy right now and you wonder why why is this happening I'm obeying God it's because you're obeying God you have an X on your back, but that's okay. Anybody that ever does anything great in this world has to overcome themselves and opposition. Let's take it a step farther, though. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. Paul says, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Well, he's talking about being in Ephesus. He made it there. He's ministering there. God's doing great things there. I mean, if you read it in the book of Acts, you can read and see, man, miracles are happening. And I mean, it was a citywide move of God, unquestionably. And yet, there were many adversaries. Maybe your case isn't that I'm trying to get in my purpose and Satan's attacking me. Maybe it's I got into my purpose and things aren't as smooth as I thought. You're still saying, this ain't the future I long for. I mean, technically I'm in something, but this ain't, this wasn't how I was supposed to look. This was the one guy I wanted me to marry, but my goodness, 
Is this an angel or a demon? I mean, what's, what's the... Just because you're in your land doesn't mean there won't be trouble there either. Sometimes it's because you're in your land that there is trouble. Satan will attack you because you're doing great things for God. And I don't think we catch that. What happened with Israel, of course, was, uh, in fact, even before we go to Israel, when Abraham got to the promised land, Right? God said, leave everybody, leave everything. When you get there, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to prosper you, you're going to change the world. And he gets in the promised land, and then there's a famine. You know, you have to be thinking, God, I did what you told me to do. Here I am. I don't know nobody. I left everything. I'm in this land that you're telling me is go you're going to give to me, and there is no water. It's an outright depression. I got to leave to go to Egypt to eat. With Israel, when they finally got out of Egypt, they finally got through the wilderness, even though it had only been about 11 days, a really 11-day journey at this point. They got to the promised land, and Moses sent spies into the land. They went over to the land, and they found out, man, it was everything God said. It had huge grapes, and it was just full of, 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 of you know, lush valleys and everything. But there were giants in the land. And they complained, hey, wait a minute. We just finished dealing with Egypt. We just had to go through the Red Sea. We just finished being in the wilderness. God had to give us water from a rock, man. He had to give us manna from heaven. He had to do all this other stuff. And we just, oh, we've been going through so much. And you mean to tell me when I finally get here, I got to deal with these fools too? Am I the only one feel like this sometimes? I'll tell you, this is the journey I've been on. To sit here and say, we went through this and went through that and went through this and went through this. And finally get to the promised land and what? This is not what I expected. This is not what I looked for. You mean to tell me I got to deal with this mess too? It's even worse. But guess what? It's not the end. Don't put a period where God has put a comma. Now is the time of your greatest victories. Now is the time where you will shout and the walls of Jericho will fall down flat. Now is the time where you lift your arms and the enemy will be destroyed. Now is the time where you will speak to the sun and it will stop moving because God's got your back. Your greatest days are right in front of you. They're right and right there. And you don't dare give up and back off. Follow the plan God has for you right to the end. And you will live the future that you long for. This is your time. Discover your purpose. Fight for your purpose. Live in your purpose, and you'll live the future that you long for. I love how Paul ended his life saying, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. So there's laid up for me a reward in heaven. Everything he went through didn't stop him. He finished. He's one of the greatest men ever, forever. Abraham, everything he went through didn't stop him. We're talking about him today. He is Father Abraham. And if you'll figure out your purpose and you'll pursue it, everything that you've gone through or you will go through won't stop you. You'll look up one day and, and, and you'll realize God made me a great man of God, a great woman of God. I made a mark for
for him. And you'll stand before God and God will say, I gave you these gifts. I gave you this grace. I gave you this purpose. And you were faithful. You were faithful over the little. Now I'm going to give you much. Well done. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And for eternity, you'll be rewarded and you'll enjoy the real future that we all long for. Amen. I'm out of time. Every, every head out every eye closed in prayer. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Experience podcast. Remember, God has a future for you.